All right, so this is our first go at the What's the Value Business Edition. And I thought no better guest to kick it off with than Diane. Uh, Diane's the founder and CEO of BizLove, which is a strategic consultancy that helps organizations transform from within and express their story to the world. Um, they bridge the disciplines of storytelling and strategy to deliver integrated solutions to businesses. Not only that, uh, Diane, or Dee, as, as she goes by often, is also my former boss. Because when I first decided to leave kind of my traditional job, if you will, at IBM, I, I wasn't sure what the next move was going to be for me. And then I happened to stumble across this company called BizLove. And I was kind of like, well, what's that? That's interesting. <laughs> and I was instantly intrigued. And there was so much about their mission, their culture, their style, the people, <laughs> maybe most notably, that felt right to me. Something about the way they blended the core consulting and strategy skills with the more artistic, free-flowing nature of storytelling. And that concept, right? You've heard these words already, you know, blending, integrating, balancing. That comes up so much in this conversation with Dee. Um, you know, this idea of taking two seemingly opposed concepts and, and blending them together to make them work, to make them add up to more than they would individually. Uh, in so many ways, that's what BizLove is kind of all about and what Diane's all about. At the deepest of levels, the value that BizLove brings and the most important value for D is, is, is seeing the true inherent value in others, people, organizations, seeing them for who they are, all parts of them, and helping them balance it to extract the best version of themselves. Now, as I say that, I recognize like that can sound kind of abstract or fluffy and, you know, well, how's that fit into the business world? But when you meet D, when you hear her talk, you, you get the sense that it's very real. And, and her clients see it too. It's why BizLove is as successful as it is. And this was a fun conversation, too, because I because I know her well, because we work together and all that. We were able to kind of flow and just delve into topics at deeper levels. So we talked about a lot of interesting stuff. You know, we talked about why she had such a passion for this work, you know, what she's trying to achieve ultimately, um, how she built the skills, like why is she so good at doing this? What is it that makes her able to do this? Um, and we even asked some of the hard questions like, hey, will, will the business world ever truly value this work as much as it should? Will it ever really fit in? Will leaders ever really get it? And of course, we took it a little philosophical because, you know, I love that. And um, Dee was a good guest for it. So, you know, we talked about things like trying to understand the role that love plays in the world, understanding masculine and feminine energies um, and questioning what it means to be a leader, ultimately. So I thank Dee a ton for being on the show, obviously, uh, but also for showing that conversations like this about philosophy, storytelling, love, harmony, values are, are very relevant and applicable in the business world not just to make the world a better place or to do the right thing, but also to make your organization better. So I thought this was a first, um, great first episode of What's the Value Business Edition. Um, and hopefully you guys enjoy it as much as I did. All right, Diane, thanks a ton for being here. I know you have a lot going on, so I appreciate it. Um, super excited to talk to you again. Um, so I'll go right to the first question. We'll go from there. What's the value that's most important to you? Oh, good one. I have a guess, by the way. I'm curious to see if my guess pans out. I mean, the easy answer is love. Okay. That would have been my money. My money would be on that. Because I think at the end of the day, people have a choice to source from love or fear. And it's the people who source from love that the decisions that they make, I really align with. And there's a lot of resonance in the way they live their life. So I would say love. Um. But when it comes to value, especially because this is a business edition, mm -hmm. the, the value that I see that I believe in, I bring, and that BizLove brings is, I think I'm a seer. Like I really understand and see 
inherent inherent value so like not the explicit value the the value that lives within mm. and i think what we do at bizlove is we remind people of their value and we hold them to a high potential and i think the work we do it, it it lifts people it lifts products it lifts businesses it elevates to like a new level mm. because we can see the inherent value and we remind people and things of that mm. Does that make sense? It makes almost too much sense. It feels like you script. I don't mean, I mean, it's in a good way. It's almost script. Like that's, that's such a beautiful way to put it that you're trying to like remind people of what they actually are and who they are and like holding them up to the standard that they're capable of. Yeah. That's a really like, would, would you say back to where you started for your personal value of love? Like, is that, is that an example of what it means to source from love to look at somebody and try and see them for that? and help them get to that? Is that like, because I think sometimes that concept can be abstract for people, like the source from love, what does that mean? Yeah. Is that for you, like how you're applying that in your life through biz love? Like that's that's me doing that. Is that how you think of it? Oh, wow. So there's a lot to it, but I think it's an expression of love. It's, it's an expression one expression. Love. Right, right, exactly. Not love in and of itself, but it's an yeah. expression of what that means. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Oof. All right. So let me let me dive in on the seer piece because obviously you and I have talked about this before, but wh where does that, like how, how did you get that ability is that just god-given universe given where you feel like you've gotten that is that something that you developed over time where'd that come from great question i think i think it's something i honed i think maybe i've had um an environment when i was growing up where this was like nurtured in me to be reflective and 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 kind of sit with myself but I think meditation honestly is a tool that helps you stay super present so that you can see inherent value in something. So you mm -hmm. can see beyond the surface. Um, it's just, it's like bringing your attention to something and being present with it. You see so many things mm -hmm. that you wouldn't see if you were distracted or you were glancing over. Right. So I think the seer in me, it, it starts with presence that allows me to see. Mm. it's funny because it, it makes it sound simple in some ways and it is in some ways it is simple yeah it's so hard to do like can you can you reflect on it and maybe you could think it through the client lens but for people that can't do that that they don't see the inherent value maybe it's a person or a business in and of themselves or just other people who can't see it in other people like what is it that you think stops them from that like wh why can't more people do it you think I think in, in the society that we're in, we're not trained to look for it and we're not, we're not rewarded to find it. Mm. So I think there's a part of it is that muscle is never nurtured or held to a high regard that it's valuable, you know, but it's mm. the thing that we're missing because it's the thing that people overlook. So it's I think for people, yeah, go ahead. No, 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 keep going, keep going. I think for people who don't, um, know how to, or what, what I mean when I say that, I think it's a level of like, if you can't, if you can't sit with yourself and understand and read yourself inside out, it's hard to see that in someone else and understand what to do with it. Mm. So I think it's like, it starts with you. You need to understand and learn how to read yourself. Therefore, when you sit in front of someone like yourself, mm -hmm. I can understand and see you from a different perspective, a different light. Cause mm. I see myself that way. Mm. Yeah. That's such an interesting way to say it. Like there's a, there's a skill, there's a muscle, there's like a, I don't even know what to call it, 
that it's it's just understanding humans, right? And who better to start with than yourself? But like once you have that ability to understand, and there's all sorts of words we could put around it, which aren't the wrong words, but they can like to be able to see where ego is coming in, to be able to see where fear is coming in, insecurity. Yeah. Like if you can understand that in yourself, then you know what it looks like. Like you have a map that you can kind of look at and be like, oh, I see that in that person. Yeah, It can be tricky sometimes. You and I have talked about this too. Like you can see it wrong, I would assume, right? Like it's easy. It might be that in you, it looks a certain way. In the other person, it looks different. How much of a responsibility do you feel in that? Given that that's such a big part of your life, of the business is trying to see people to get it right, to trust that you're seeing it the way that it, that it actually is. Mm, yeah. I don't think that you, anyone can say that they always see it a hundred percent. I think there's your own perception mixed in with what you believe is true. Mm. But like part of it is you can see or feel something and you can follow that thread. Like you have an, uh, an, an instinct to go there and you're like, mm, like, why does that want to surface? Like, what about what they said or the way they acted feels true. And then you just kind of trust that you're onto something. I think there's a critical thinking exercise that happens in the, it's this direction, but I'm not sure. I'm not sure what it really means. Mm. It's like, you don't just blindly trust your intuition. I think you let it guide you. And then your brain clicks on and you're like, what about this? Like, let me critically think take the context, take the nuance, and then make a decision. Mm, 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 such a good way. I say the phrase sometimes being like ferociously open-minded, but ferociously skeptical at the same time. And I think that's kind of in line with what you're saying. Like, it's not one or the other. You have to be open-minded and feel it where it's taking you, but yeah. you can't just blindly be led by that. You have to like, like you said, put that critical thinking on. Yeah. As we're talking about this and and even like the complexity of it, but also just the nature of it, right? We're talking about feeling, we're talking about intuition, we're talking about love. I know this is a thing, like a lot of people don't get the value of that. A lot of people don't know that they need that. They don't understand it. So as a business person trying to bring that as the kind of the core value prop, how how do you do it? How do you get people to understand that and see it? Oh man, um, yeah, you're spot on that people don't buy love. Um, I think it, I think that what you need to learn how to do is bridge to their world and drive value in their world of what value means. Mm -hmm. And I think the X factor of why people love to work with us, why people come back is, is all the subtleties that we bring the, mm -hmm. it just feels natural to work with this person. I just feel seen when I'm in their presence. I trust there's a loyalty, all those feelings that are around the value, the, the deliverable, the material, the strategic insight, everything that is the nucleus around that thing is actually what people are coming back for. But you earn the right to play through the actual tangible value that you drive in their version of value. Mm. So mm. you can't just come in with love. It's like, no, you're here to solve a business problem and they are loyal and trust and are here with you because of everything else that you are. Mm. And you, you've got to do both. Mm. Does that frustrate you at all? I know it's been a journey, right? What are we at? Five years now, almost? That you've been doing it? Is it five? Uh, yeah, five Going years. Five? Almost. Like, as you think about that, and you've had to learn the lesson that you can't just sell love, right? You can't just come completely. Like, I get that completely, yeah. like pragmatically. Is there a yeah. part of you, though, when you're honest with it, where it's like, that's so frustrating. Like, why? Why can't I just sell love? Like, why can't it just be this way? Because you know the value of it, right? You understand what it is. Is there any frustration in that? I think 
maybe when I first started, there was, um, I was like a purist in the sense of like, I, I sold purpose. I, I sold culture, but what's real is that everyone has a different perspective of what love means and what love is and what value is and what service is. And I realized that it's actually not about me feeling good all the time. It's about, do they feel I've given service? right? It's about them. If you're actually in a state of love, it's not about you. Um, that I've realized quickly that I'm not here to just solve the pure problems that I believe are for me. I'm here to solve where people need me to play. I'm here to serve the problems that are called for me to serve. Like it's, it, I flipped the script. It's not, it's not about me and being a purist. It's me about, it's more about serving people who need me well, in some and, ways, that's like, that's, yeah. that's even more of a purist in some ways, right? Like if, <laughs> if it is love, right? Like yeah. not just saying that to say it, but it's like, no, I, get, I get where you're going. You're willing to sacrifice what you actually thought it was for what it actually is in some what love really means in terms of being in service to somebody else. You were like, I'll go do that then if that's what it has to be to get to this outcome that I think we want to get to. In some yeah. ways, like you're staying very pure to it, even at your own, you know, to what is a little less natural to you. What's that piece of it? Like what, what even brought you to this point to feel like I'm going to do this in the business world? I'm going to, I'm going to create a business. I'm going to, I'm going to take that approach to it. Cause you could, you could express love in the world lots of different ways. And even as yeah. we just talked about, right, this, the business world maybe is the hardest place to express it. Yeah. Why, why go there? Why go to that place? Mm. So when I was in college, I didn't know what I wanted to major in and I had a teacher who was like, well, what do you want to do with your life? And I was like, I honestly just want world peace. <laughs> uh, were you and just saying like, that or did you mean it at the time? No, I like, I, oh, I was like fully embodied. Like I want to, like, I want world peace. Like what yeah. do I got to do to help people like be peaceful? Um, and he was like, you will, then you need to go where the power is. And I was like, what does that mean? And he said, if you don't know what you want to study, study money, study finance because people who can actually make an influence on world peace are people who are in positions of power, who are focused on money. Mm. And it's not about going to fix. And this is like no criticism to people who dedicate their lives to like non-for-profits and mm. like giving back with money and donations. There's a, there's a part of us that need that, but there's another whole dark side of the moon that needs people who have a lot of light, who have a lot of service to get in there and shift perspective, shift mindsets. And I think that is why I studied finance. And that is why I, I leaned into business was because that professor changed my mind. Huh. Um, and I've seen what he means, how there's ripple effects with businesses and leaders at the top and how much in this lifetime, how much actual impact I can make. Um, and I, I, he, he's right. And I, and I think to this day, it's like the dark side of the moon concept. Like I'm going where people need the most light. Mm. Mm. Do you worry at all? I mean, there's a lot of jaded, cynical views about the business world, about power, about, you know, power corrupts and, and the business world, like to be successful, you have to be a certain way mm. as you go to the dark side of the moon, they're trying to shine the light. Do, do you worry that you could do it? Like, cause there's a, there's a few different outcomes that, that arguably aren't great for you. One is like, you lose your life, right? You, you burn out because it just, you get, you know, taken over by it. 
or it's just it just never takes like they just don't they won't accept that light it just doesn't function in that world in any way yeah do you, do you worry about that stuff at all yes there's a truth in that i think i think if you're going to do that for a living and you're going to put yourself in those situations where it's not easy and you're not with always people who believe in what you're doing I think there's things I've learned I have to build around me to sustain it. Hmm. Um, one is like an awesome, supportive network of one, my business team, my my team, hmm. but also mentors and family members and friends and loved ones who are like, they've got my back so that I can sustain and do the work. And hmm. I think you can sustain it if you have the right like infrastructure around you and support also just like taking care of yourself, like nutrition and working out and, you know, good, you consume good things. It's just, mm -hmm. I think you can sustain it, but you have to sign up for it. You have to dedicate yourself to it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It makes sense. It's like, it's, it's the cliche, right. But it's like re refueling yourself, recharging your battery so you can keep going in there and doing it. What yeah. about that other side of it, of the business world? I mean, obviously you're doing it. So there's an optimism there to it and there's some proof to it, but at a very high level back to where your professor was like maybe not world peace but are you optimistic that that where the power is where the money is where the business is that can change from what we've known it to be yeah i i think so i think i think people are more conscious than they were i think there's topics that have bubbled up to the top like esg and purpose and um like even conversations around ethics like that wasn't happening 20 years ago so i do think people are not only talking about it, but are having like KPIs around it and investors are asking for proof points. And it, it feels like it's actually um, a business advantage when you invest in these topics versus where it used to come in, where it was like a nice to have. Hmm. Um, so I do think we're shifting into the right spaces. There's a lot more we can do. I think like climate change and you know the like ai and like chat chat gpt and like the like technology meets the human experience there's so many more sophisticated complex problems we've never seen before that like maybe we've conquered like the basics but like the level of like evolution <laughs> that business needs to go on to actually serve humanity is like it's a constant evolution like we are never done and i think um like our like generations will carry this work on like this isn't not like biz love is gonna like give world peace it's not <laughs> i think i was very young and naive when i wanted that i think it's there's like always going to be a balance of light and dark and it's like just the evolution the going up the spiral instead of down is what we're after mm. but the balance of light and dark is never going to go away so right. there's always a role knowing that yeah yeah, yeah. What do you take this where you want to take it, whether it be like more business pragmatic or more philosophical, but what's, what's the biggest hurdle like to, to continuing that, to helping that evolution to get to where it needs to get to. What do you see given your experience, the five years you've been doing it now, what is the biggest challenge to bringing that light to the, to the dark side of the moon to stick with that analogy? I think it's, I think it's bridging into solutions that people who aren't like privy to like want to buy um, like the softer topics of you know love and culture and leadership alignment like things that people think they take for granted yes. figuring out how to create materials deliverable solutions that actually solve problems that move the needle like i'm mean, i'm saying the needle like profit um value to the customer if you can figure out 
how to source from where we source from at BizLove and then drive tangible profit, tangible customer value, people will come back to you. And then what they get, what the X factor of the work is, is that you're taking care of their people. Mm. But if you can't actually figure out how to drive profit, you're dead in the water. You never have a chance. Yeah. yeah. So it's about you're you're driving with profit generation and you're taking care of all of the stakeholders in their care while you do it. So let's let's dig into that for a minute. Like what so I get that. I get that logic. Why yeah. do you think and, and I know plenty do, right? You work with a bunch of great clients. I know that, but why do you think there's some business leaders out there, organizations out there who don't think those things can go together? Like, why, why do you have that challenge of trying to get them to understand the value of love and understanding themselves and, you know, the things that we're talking about? Is it that they just have this myth that profitability and that don't go together? Is there truth to it where there's things that have to be accounted? Like, what, why is it that they don't see the value of it? Yeah, I think that it's because there's not a lot of people that do both. If you think about the world, there's not a lot of people who can do both. That's interesting. And you take the optimistic view of that. Because somebody could take the cynical view and say, there's not a lot of people that do both because you can't do both. That's why you don't see it out there. Right. You take the view of, we can do it. It's just, what, it's hard? It's hard to do both? It takes a very uh, aware and conscious human to do it. Hmm. Because, like, I, I think about the world sometimes in a really like bird's eye meta view of like, there's people, I used to use like the Eastern and Western culture and civilization of how we fundamentally source from different beliefs. And we see it in the way that we self-organized around religion, how we value economics. Like how can uh, one planet have half of a world operate in one way and another, the other. And of course, like there's like the yin yang, there's dots of both on each side, but primarily different ways of operating. I see that as also in humans, you have people who dedicate their life to healing, coaching, um, like, you know, the abstract, like acupuncture, yoga, tai chi, like this, like discipline of like all around consciousness and healing. And then you have a whole business community that dedicates their life to profit, um, driving like, you know, modern society forward, great. Neither one of these, like, if you think about it, what the people over here need are money. They need stability. They need momentum. What the people over here need, they need purpose. They need love. They need vision. They're existing in two different communities. And the crux of it is, is because usually when you're gifted, like you have different skill sets, they don't always, you're not always sourcing from the same place. These people source from their, like what I would call like the bottom energy centers, And these people are sourcing from the top. And when you need them to work together, it's all in the heart. It's all about relationships, community, storytelling, sharing perspective, building bridges. This work of building bridges, sharing stories, creating community is a very feminine principle. It is a very, it's something that society has been pushing down for generations. And it's coming back. You can see it. You can sense it. The fe- the feminine principle is coming back and is trying to find balance with the masculine principle. But for a human to have both, hmm. consciously aware of both energies in lockstep with them, aligned and lit up, they've done tremendous work on themselves and they've taken 
devotion in their growth. It's a very different way of operating in the world. If you can do that and build a business, you are, you're full-time dedicated to a cause that is greater than yourself. And when I say like, there's not a lot of people that do this work, I mean, there's not a lot of people who are on purpose every day. And that's the, that's the good thing and the bad thing about scaling something like BizLove. Because? Because we are one to many, because we are rare, but it's hard to find people who can practice this and actually deliver the work that we want to sell because it's rare. That's an interesting, well, firstly, you said it like a a purpose greater than you. Is, Is there a sense of like obligation almost like because you have the ability to do it and I know you say that, I say that for you in the most humble of ways, right? Because you have to be humble to be able to do this. It can't be like, I'm great at this. I know right. I'm great, but you do have the ability to do it. Is there an obligation of like, I have to do this work? There's no choice for me but to do this. Yeah. Yeah. It's the choiceless choice. Choiceless choice. And, yeah. and what, how do you feel about that? Is it, is it a, is it a, because you could have a choiceless choice and feel like, shit, <laughs> I got to do this. Or you could be like, shit, I can't wait to go do this, you know? Oh my gosh. There's so many days when it's both. I think me and on a good day is I am fully devoted to the cause. Me on a bad day is who made me like this? Mm-hmm. Why me? Mm-hmm. Like it, it, I think there's, and I think that is true for everyone at this love. I think and anyone who joins our team is why is this so hard? Why is there no set framework? Like, why can't we just come to an answer? Why are we always in the gray? It's because it's both. It's both. And when it's both, life is not clean. It's complex. And for you to understand how to move through that is a different way of being. (laughs) And then to help a client see that too. Like it's not just you in isolation trying to do that. You're trying to do that in service of somebody else. Right. And then you're like the one setting the container for another person to go on this with you. And there's so much service in that too. Mm. That's Mm. outside of just you signing up for what we're working on. And it's, it's so funny because I think this is like the only like podcast that would actually hold the gray the way that you do. (laughs) It's like, you're not like, but what is it? Because (laughs) most people want to just tell me the answer and it's like, it's both. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, I, I've, I've always thought this about you having gotten to know you now as, as long as I have. Um, there is like, there's that. I, I, first, let me say it this way. I think you, what makes you special, what makes BizLove special is your ability firstly to be aware of the fact of like, there's some days that I'm like, why? Why did I have to have this and have to deal with this? To be aware of that, to be willing to admit it. I, I, I have to believe clients, people that engage with you, that like sincerity, that genuineness, that awareness is so like, it gives the credibility you need to be like, all right, I'll listen. Let me, let me hear it. I may not understand feminine and masculine energy. I may not understand the energy set. I mean, but like that authenticity and that realness, like there's something there. I want to hear it. So I think that's a big piece of it. And I've always thought that of you. I think I've said this to you before. Like there's one half of you that I look at you and I'm like, you're a conqueror. Literally, you are a conqueror, right? Some people have a visual of that, of like Vikings back in the day and whatever. But like you, if you want to achieve something, you're going to, you have that like, a lot of people will call it like a dog inside of them. Like you have that dog inside of you that you can fight through whatever hell and shit you got to get through to get to it. But then there's this other side of you. That's like, I think you've said this too. Like you could, I could see you living a life easily just on a beach somewhere, just like living off the land, just like in peace and harmony and just kind of bringing love into the world in some small ways. 
And to have both of those in one, I think that's an illustration of what you're talking about, of what that looks like. And I could feel that even as I explained that, I could feel the the there is a burden in that. There's a little bit of a burden of trying to manage those two sides, right? Yeah. And you're a special soul to be able to see that in me. So yeah. Mm. And, and the fact that you worked at BizLove is like the the value of like the so what of the fact that we're in this conversation, the fact that you can mirror that for me, the fact that you're that, it's mm. like, yes, and all of that exists at BizLove is the right. truth of what we're building. And it is a burden, a hundred percent. Some days, mm-hmm. it's a burden not only at work; it's a burden to exist in the world. Yeah, do yeah. things in one, a hundred percent. I think I've asked you this before. I'll ask it again, though, for the sake of the show. Like, are you are you a conqueror who also understands and appreciates the value of the other side, or the other side that appre- like, or you you truly think like both of those are in you at all times? Oh God! Like, what's more dominant? Yeah. I think if I'm in my power, I, it's, I'm not going to give you, it's the both thing. <laughs> I think I source first from love. And then I, I, I've got this like fight in me that I've been, honestly, I, I'll give it to my dad. He's the person who taught me how to fight and like, get back up and get back up and get back up. My mother is the, like, the light in my life who is like the one on the beach who's like mm-hmm. love I'm gonna pray and read and like meditate my dad is like I'm gonna hit the pavement I'm gonna make shit happen <clears throat> because both of them are in me and I've seen them model this my whole life in extremes they're on the extreme ends of the, the pendulum mm-hmm. I've I embody parts of them and then I understand energy and the way that I can balance my feminine and masculine principles and be in alignment and lit up. That is why I can be of service in the way that I am. Mm. It's all of it in Mm. one. Mm. Mm. All right. We're talking about you. I want to bring it. We're not totally at the end yet, but as we get closer to you as a leader, um, you know, we're talking about clients and how we service that the greater world as you think about your team and what you want to be as a leader. Like what, what do you strive to be as a leader? I'm sure there's some overlap of what we've been talking about, but what, what what is what does Diane the leader look like? You know, leadership is a word that I have been trying to understand my whole life because it's something that we technically do at Bizla. We help leaders be better leaders. Hmm. If I'm gonna deliver that solution, what does leadership mean to me? And the reality is similar to like what does love mean to people, it there's so many expressions of it. And I used to think a leader was a, this this persona that I had in my head of what I believed I needed at that time. It is this, it has shifted so much to what I believe a leader is now. Mm-hmm. But what's not changed is the whole like they source from a place of love. They care deeply about people. But the expression of a leader that I see today for me and for BizLove is way more grounded, mm-hmm. way more stable, way more... Um, in control of the today the current state Um, but what I've always and I hope I never lose of my view of a leader is vision is um, deep reflection and insight is the gray that is true and it's both and to hold that and not be afraid to own that but the groundedness and the like I'm in I'm in this today the current moment is something that 
um, I value more now than ever. Mm. Was that out of necessity? And I don't mean that in a bad way, but did you realize over time, like I need to value that more? I need to make that more prevalent? Yeah. I mean, I've had great teammates who carry that for me. They let me be visionary and expansive and vast and they hold it down. And I think there's that got me to this place in my journey, but finding that within myself and doing both is what I think full Diane expressed as a leader looks like. It's not leaning on others to do that work for me. It's doing it for myself. And in that I can serve people who are like that, right? So I can relate and resonate with leaders who are stable, controlled, dialed. Like that is a new level of influence and partnership that I didn't have access to because I didn't have it in within me. And now that I have it within me, I can, I can relate on a different level, which has really um, been amazing because it's only come online for me, like the last like four months. Mm -hmm. So it's like a new world. Yeah. Well, when you say, you say it's a lot at BizLove that like to earn the right to do it for the clients, you have to do it for yourself first. I think that's an example of it. And, And that's cool because in some ways, like where we were before about how do people do that? How do they get that balance? How do they bridge the gap between the two? You're obviously trying to help them, but you have firsthand experience. You had to do it for yourself just recently. How hard was it for you? Like, is it as hard as people imagine that it is? Like, what was, what was that like? Yeah. The hardest embodiment journey I've ever been through. Um, you know, it's, it's kind of funny because I think most people who own businesses are like rock solid in the departments I grew in. Like they're like, you know, they, they can balance a PL, they can, they can, they know where the investments and the sales and the numbers are going. Like they have complete control over their operations and their like IT systems and their data. I am good at that, but I am great at the vision, the relationships, the sales, the connection, the marketing, the storytelling. The bottom of me, I think I had other people take care of those pieces for me. And I was like, great, that's what partnership is. But at the end of the day, like this journey of life is a solo game. Like you are, you are going to be born and you're going to die and you're going to have this experience, right? And you need to figure out one day how to nurture all of those pieces within yourself to be like this whole leader, this whole being. And I understand that now. Mm-hmm. And it's not like, it's not like those things never existed in me. I I operate in business. I'm clearly like efficient and things like that, but I never owned those parts of me. Like this is my ground to cover. This is my power. And that's the difference of like, it's no, it's not delegated. It's not resourced out. It is like my responsibility and that will make, and I know it will make biz love better. I know the team has felt a shift. I know they are better because they understand and you know, you worked at BizLove, your journey will mirror BizLove's journey. And we all are in this collective of like growing and healing and the better we are as individuals, the better the collective. And it's, it's a given game at, yeah. um, at BizLove. It is, it is. And, and you're so right though. Like it can't be superficial. Certainly it can't even be like a level two or three deeper for you to have it where it does impact the team to where clients see it, where they come from that place. And they're like, oh, she gets it. It has to be like so deeply true and genuine into you so much so that I'm going to press on what you were saying of like how hard it is to make it that real when it's something that's not naturally where you source from. Yeah. I'm going to ask you to, to, to steal a quote from our friend, Susan, say more about that. Like what <laughs> I, I think people need to hear how hard that is, like what it looks like 
what what made it so hard? What was so hard about? What did it look like? What were the hardest parts of it? Like, talk about that a little bit of of actually making that real to source from something that was completely unnatural to you prior to that. Yeah. So back to kind of where I source my inspiration from the energy centers, um, where if anyone's listening, it's the chakra system that you find in yoga, that you find in acupuncture, Tai Chi. Um, it's the bedrock of Eastern philosophy. That those energy centers for me are not only where our inherent gifts lie, they are where our trauma lies. That's where our biggest areas of vulnerability lie. For me, what that type of conversation around data, IT, safety, security, stability lies is, is my own personal trauma to heal. I couldn't, going into an IT conversation or um, anything of that nature, felt like I was being boxed in, felt like I was being suffocated, too minute, too specific, too precise, too precise. When I want to be vast and free and, you know, spirited, you're putting me in this little tiny black and white zero one game. And now I'm going to suffocate mm-hmm. and I want out and I'm not playing here. And that was my, that was my own trauma that I needed to heal so that I could actually work with that type of precision, that type of specificity came from my own ability to get like down to the like nuance of why do I feel like that every time someone puts me in a box? Mm. What is that complex that I'm hitting up against? Do you see what I mean? So the minute I feel that relationship with myself, I sure I can talk about IT and systems and like, you know, Azure portals and all this (laughs) shit that I didn't even know existed. And it's, and I think that's why I believe in the power of reading yourself because you're no longer in conflict with things that your subconscious puts you in conflict with. You have complete control of your here and now, and you know how to kind of like self-soothe yourself in those moments. Cause you actually know you're not, it's not the IT, it's not the data, it's not the finance. It's how it makes me feel when I'm in this conversation. Mm. And that's the, that's the trick of like getting yourself out of that. Oof. I don't know if it's because we know each other or we're similar, I think, in, in, in a lot of ways. But when you explain that idea of like wanting to be vast and free and then be like, I feel that I, I can literally feel yeah. how like, I don't even know the words. to. It's just, I don't know if it's unnatural. It's like, it's almost like you, your, your soul, your body rejects it. Like, that's yeah. not it for me. Like, I don't want that. Like, viscerally, I feel it. Yeah. So I'll say again, like, and this is, this is, I think, what you're trying to do with businesses in so many ways and leaders, like, to be able to recognize that, to actually just be able to see that and be like, I can recognize that sensation that I completely reject that. I don't want it. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's arguably a huge part of the game right there. But probably the harder part still is to recognize that and be like, but I'm going to go fucking dive in it anyway. And I'm going to figure it out and I'm going to do that. And I don't say that as hyperbole or to kiss your ass or anything like that. I say it because I want people listening to understand like it's it's that hard. It really is. Like it's don't. Yeah. Don't undersell, don't underappreciate what it takes to do it, but the value is worth it. Like, so speak to that a little bit. Like, what's the value yeah. that comes out of it for you individually, having done that work? Because it's there's a lot of people that would say, why would I want to go do that? Why would, why would I put myself yeah. through something like that? Yeah. And it's very easy to not go do that. <laughs> yes. Yes. And you could get by. You could kind of. Uh, yeah, totally. totally. Yeah. Totally. Still get by. Still be like successful. Yeah. Um, and it, And I think for people who live more like in the finance operations tech side of business they are rewarded for being good at that 
So even more reasons to ignore your heart, even more reasons to ignore your, your truth, how you communicate, being connected to a higher purpose. Of course, because you're not getting valued. You're not getting rewarded for that. So for me, I will get immediately rewarded for having a lock on my operations and, and finance, but I still, I still would delegate that out and not take care of it myself. So for me, very hard because I have a relationship with being boxed in that I needed to heal. But I think for people who are trying to heal more of the like connection and vision and purpose that is really scary because it's, you feel out of control. So if you're, you're used to things being black and white and linear and, you know, like make logical sense, the minute that you get out of that zone and you're in this vast expansive feeling goo that nothing makes sense. And why would I spend any time here? Nothing's getting done. We'll be back in the box. And I'm not getting rewarded by society for being here. Why the hell would I do? Why would I do that? Makes no sense until until you do, and then you understand how it actually, it, it serves you in ways that you've never seen. Hmm. Until you do, you don't actually understand the value. And that's what these philosophers, artists, mm-hmm. poets, that's what they're trying to get us to understand. But it's, a, it's an experience that you don't truly grasp until you go through it. But there's clues and there's breadcrumbs laid out for us everywhere. And that's the whole philosophy thing, Terry. And that's why you're dedicating yourself to this like philosophy and like leader, because you understand that you need both. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But you're so right. You have to experience it. Like it's, it's, we've talked like words, words are beautiful. I love words. I love written words, songs, everything, but they don't do everything justice. Like that, that experience, it has to be, it has to be felt. It has to be felt. It has to be experienced. I want to end there almost, Steve, but I I wanted to ask one last question to end it. So I'm going to ask it before we wrap, Um, because I'm just super curious personally, I think for people listening to what's the dream, like take take that where you want to take it. What's the dream for you when you get to whatever, hopefully a long, long time from now, like what would it be where you'd be like, I did it like, yeah, that was it. That was exactly what I wanted it to be. So I have very big dreams for biz love. And it's, it's a, it's a, this love is my life's work, my greatest creation. And it will be like I, and the reason I feel like I can say that with confidence is because it is a live expression of who I am in every moment because we do people to people services. So what people buy are our people. Therefore, if our people shift and grow and evolve, so do our offerings, so do our solutions, so do our products. And that's the beauty of being able to dedicate yourself to something that is fluid and moving Versus like, I do this one product, I, I build shoes and I'm only going to build shoes the rest of my life. I'm like, no. Right. So that's why I want people to understand the relationship of what like a P2P services is. It's, it's not for everyone to say that. And I think that that's fair and true, but for me, biz love is my greatest life's work and creation. And when I know that the game is going to be long and I know that this is not anything where I'm going to like quick win, what I believe like at, like at the end of my life, if I look to BizLove and I say like, we did it, we made it. I think it's, I think BizLove is the future leadership academy. It is the place where people come to be leaders of the new age way of doing business. Where if you work here, if you're a client of ours, 
you're, you're forever changed and you forever look at life that it's both it's people and it's profit. It's not either, or it's not at the cost of it is both. And I know how to work with the two. And I know how to actually advance and evolve humanity in a way that I've never been, it's never been done before. I don't really, I don't have examples. Like, what does it look like? So I want BizLove to be the lighthouse and I wanted to produce people who go change the game. And that would be success. I don't care how big we are. I don't care how much money we make, but I think you'll know, I think people will know it when they see it and they feel it and they, they react to the experience that people from BizLove, they, we give other people and they'll be like, whoa, (laughs) this is something I've never experienced. You're doing both. You're highly profitable. Your people are badass and amazing and have hearts of gold. Like what do, what are you guys doing over there? And I want people to leave and I want people to share and get embedded in these big businesses. And I want to, I want them to shake it up and I don't, they don't need to stay with us forever, but I want this to be the source. And that would be like Nirvana for me. Mm -hmm. Well, I'm glad I asked the last question because I think that's a beautiful response and a beautiful answer to it. And I'll say this to you before, before we wrap, I'll give you the last word. Um, I, I think firstly, thank you. And I appreciate you doing this. And even though we've talked a ton before, it's why I love these conversations, because to, to get into this level of depth, to hear you explain it in ways that frankly I haven't even heard you explain before, I think it's super cool. And I think for people listening, like inevitably, we'll just be honest, there's some people listening that are like, I still don't get it. I, I don't know. I, I hear the words, but I don't know. It's too out there. I'm not there yet. I get that. I, I understand it. And I, and I understand people feeling that way. But I think your point in this is like, A, just like hear it, just consider it, you know, start to process it and try it, just try to, to move into some of it. Mm-hmm. And I think the passion you have for it and, and the, the self-awareness and the way you're approaching it, I think, um, I think clients are lucky to, to have you and to have you guys doing what you're doing. Um, and I hope you reach that goal. I really, really do not only for you, cause I care about you as a person, but for the world, I think the world is better off if more people start thinking this way, it will not be easy. We know that it's not going to be easy. Um, yeah. But I hope it I hope it does happen. <laughs> Thank you, Terry. Yeah, yeah, I mean it. I mean it. Well, Dee, thanks a ton. Um, I'm sure you got some work to do right now, some stuff to work on. <laughs> go, go build some bridges and shine some light. But I appreciate your time. <laughs> Thank you so much, Terry. Thank you for yeah. everything you do. Of course. Thank for, you. For the world, for me, for us. Feelings, feelings mutual. Hey, thanks a ton for listening to the episode. Um, I really do appreciate everybody that listens. And I think it's super cool that people want to hear conversations like this. They want to hear us talk about values and different perspectives and really just philosophical thinking. Um, I'm kind of on this mission or journey to bring philosophy back to the forefront, maybe even make philosophy cool again, because I just think there's so much value in thinking about our thinking, questioning and challenging ourselves more, pondering these big picture questions about life. Um, So in that spirit, I'm trying to expand that mission a little bit, and I created a Patreon account um, that would be awesome if you check out. I'll put the link in the show notes. Uh, It's pretty simple, though. It's patreon.com slash what's the value. And the idea is for people that maybe want to learn more about philosophy, dip their tone out a little bit, or maybe you already love it and just want to get more of it, um, check it out because there's kind of a tier for everybody, whether you just want to get like a quick philosophical video or a thought of the day, um, maybe you want to email or text me some questions and get some thoughtful philosophical responses, or if you want to have a live one-on-one chat over Zoom. Um, we're even doing group discussions where we kind of do group philosophical 
debates and discussions and ponder some of those big questions. So check it out, see if it's something you might be interested in. Uh, as I said, I just love to bring more philosophy into our lives. And I thought this might be a cool way to do it. Um, whether that's your thing or not, and you're into Patreon or not, I really do appreciate a ton that you listen and check out these episodes. So I appreciate it greatly. And I hope you have an awesome day.